Today, we're bringing you an episode of Tech Titans. Chris, the CTO of Reddit, joins us in this episode to share his best advice on how he thinks through big decisions as a leader. You're listening to Joel Beasley, Tech Titans. First question, how do you do one-on-ones? What's like the cadence? Like, how do you approach that? Okay, so I think for... um Having having had a lot of different hats over the last uh, five years, I, it varies a little bit by level. Um, but I'd say that um, one-on-ones, it depends on the level of the person you're kind of doing the one-on-one with. Um, I think when, back when I was an engineering manager, my general rule of thumb was um, I would do bi-weeklies with all of my kind of established people and then weeklies with anyone who was like very junior or like new to the team until there was like a good notion of a cadence. Um, uh, generally, one change I've made over the years has been I've, I've gotten much more into being a little bit of an agenda, like um, you know, required like doc. I like I like having a place to refer to for um, what we're going to talk about, and it, if only because it enforces a certain amount of structure on the discussion. Um, you know, it means you can do things like say like every four weeks we're going to talk about uh, your professional development, which is something that I think is easy to fall by the wayside otherwise. Um, it also gives you a chance to take what can be a very unstructured discussion and turn it into actionable things that you can do before the next meeting or as like ways to make progress. And so I've gotten very much into like kind of that approach of like, let's have a doc, the kind of the good, the bad, and just miscellaneous topics. And I think, um, you know, as I, as I, with more senior talent, like with directors, there's generally sections also involves like OKRs specifically in the one-on-one doc. Um, not because OKR, not, not OKR is necessarily for their org, but for them and their org. Kind of combined like what do they want to achieve and then it provides an outlet for for checking in um and so i think that that um and the last bit is actually um over over the last few years i've definitely gotten very much um uh into making sure there's an outlet for for feedback and for candid feedback as part of a one-on-one um and making sure that it's as bi-directional as possible is important um i would say that um i've definitely learned that written feedback though harder is also generally more effective uh, and the, the structure that seems to work um, for, for me is uh, when, it, when it's come up is like, if you have it as part of the, 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 of the one-on-one, um, uh, then there's always an outlet for it in the doc. And it means you have to kind of collect your thoughts and get it down first. It also means there's less room for ambiguity as long as the, the, the purpose is to inform the other person and to have the chance to talk about it live. Right? So it's not like, I'm going to send you an email with a bunch of feedback and then I hope, hope you do the best with it. It's like, no, we're going to sit in this meeting and we're going to read the feedback and we'll talk about it and try to figure out a solution. To it. Um, I think that's had a very, uh, you know, it's, it's had a little bit, a little bit of structure to meetings, but at the same time, the structure is generally good because it means that there's like an outlet for, for that kind of uh, information. Um, but I think, I think, you know, I'm, I'm sure that one of the things you hear the most is like just getting canned feedback is just like the hardest, most valuable thing you can get. And um, it kind of comes back to the humility uh, parts. Like, if you're not a little humble, you're not willing to accept feedback, then you're not going to really internalize it or like progress from it. Like the, the person is giving you a gift by giving you feedback. And maybe the, maybe, yeah, maybe it's like, the, maybe the, the gift is we have poor communication and we have things to talk about. Or maybe the gift is like, hey, you're actually doing a great job. Thank you for being so good at your job. Like it doesn't have to be always, always constructive feedback. I and mean, literally, like it is actually good to hear stuff that's going right. Yeah. That's, I actually had one of those today. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was giving feedback to we, you know, how you told me about designers, right? You're, yeah. well, we had a designer start about three weeks ago, Pam, and she's like straight killing it. Like she's doing so good. And I did that thing where like I had an idea and then I had another idea and 
she didn't jump and like adjust and do the thing that I was most excited about. She finished her work and prioritized her. And I was like, just thank you. Like, thank you so much because that means you can self-organize and I can just keep feeding you stuff and you can organize it. And I don't have to worry about like having a special Pam, don't tell her this now list and all this stuff. And yeah, so I was like, that's amazing. I'm super glad um, that that you have that skill. And so that was my my feedback with with her today. Yeah, you know, it's really it's really easy to like um, just kind of dwell on the problems and not really take the wins. Like you do have to actually recognize people for the good stuff. And it's kind of important. You make a lot of big decisions. What advice do you have in the decision making space? Like, what's some of your good nuggets of knowledge there? Well, I'd like to go back to my my statement before about um, that. You know, one of the one of the things about being a senior leader is that ideally the people who work for you are even better at their job than you would be, right? And and I think that in that case, part of the role of being a leader is actually to get out of the way of people and let them do their job. I think it kind of it comes back to your you're talking about your designer and and her ability to prioritize, right? Like if if I am if I am doing too much micromanagement of of anyone on my team, something is pathologically wrong, right? Uh, I mean, I the whole purpose of having a team to start with and the fact that we're not a, a 10 person startup is because we want to have a whole bunch of people with different perspectives and with different ideas be able to organize and like solve problems. And so um, if anything, I find that one of the one of the um, one of the roles of being the kind of leader in a room when there's a, when there's a discussion or a meeting or a debate is that oftentimes your people know what the answer is. They just need somebody to tell them that like it's okay for them to do that. Um, or at least they, you know, they just need to talk it out and convince themselves they're right and convince somebody else in the process. And so just kind of being there to like I, I usually joke of it's like a rubber stamp for me. It's like, go do it. Um, it's not because I'm just saying that I'm, I don't have an opinion in the matter. It's I'm saying that your opinion is probably more informed than mine. And like, why are you even talking? Like, go do it. Um, and it, it's, of course, it varies a lot by, it, it varies by experience, it varies by level. I mean, like, you know, I'm, I, I have the, the luxury of having a bunch of, you know, very senior, very senior leadership also referring to me. Um, I think when it comes down to, you know, uh, rank and file, when you're talking about ICs and EMs, it's the same kind of direction that happens. People become experts at their, at their job, or they should be allowed to become experts at their job and therefore be allowed to make decisions and not feel like they're going to be counter. Um, and that's not to say that we're always going to say yes to everything or that I always say yes to things that are presented to me. Sometimes things are timed wrong or have to be delayed or it comes back to prioritization. Like, yeah, this sounds like a really good idea. Is it like a now kind of idea or like, a, you know, how does it compare to these other 30 things that you need to do? Um, and if you tell me it's number one and we can have that debate, then yeah, let's do it. If it ends up being number 29, which is usually the case, then usually that discussion helps to foster the reasoning behind the why we're doing it or why we're not doing it in some cases. But here's the deal. You go into the time machine and you can only go back to Harvard, right? Like where you were studying, you're welding, right? You're welding, <laughs> you're studying, you've got the belt on, the pliers, you're welding at Harvard. You can go back to this exact moment and you can gently whisper some advice into your ear. <laughs> some, And that's it. That's it. Just like this little whisper of advice. What would it be? Oh, that's a tough one. So this is, this is going to, this is going to totally wreck my, uh, well, so going back to my career feels like it was a, a series of fortuitous events that kind of accumulated into results. Like how much of the how much of the the card castle am I am I destroying by whispering something myself? Uh, I, I mean, my my joke answer would be probably um, buy Bitcoin in two thousand nine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? I mean, like, 
<laughs> and straight up, like, this will fix everything. Um, I think, oh, God, that's a tough one. I think, um, I think a lot of the stuff that's been most valuable has been my experience. And, like, the actual, the actual, maybe that's, maybe that's the advice, is that the journey is the kind of the point, right? Like, the destination is less important than the journey. Um, because I think that, um, especially getting in my own head in grad school, I was all about like, yeah, if I get my degree, then I get my degree and I can start working on my postdoc and then I'll work on like getting a professorship and like these big milestones and a layout for yourself. When in actuality, life's a heck of a lot more complicated than a bunch of milestones that you kind of accumulate for yourself. So I'll, I'll stick with that one. I'll say it's about the journey, not the, not the destination. I love it. And it's good. And it's true, right? It's a, it's a, it's a great piece. Of, but you did bring up a question. You did bring up something in my mind. It's like the... Is the journey? Here's the question. I'm going to try to form it right now. Is the is the journey more special having a milestone, having a destination? I mean, I think um, you know it's funny. It's actually this is something that we we do we do think a lot about as a company right now, which is um, you know we talk a lot about north stars in in the company and like goals. And the um, I'd say to answer your question directly. Yes, I think that I think that the having a destination in mind is always important because otherwise you like what's kind of what is the point? Um, and it, it kind of comes back to well, one thing we bring up a lot here has been the um, this, this this kind of potentially totally false anecdote about NASA in the '60s, where you know all of NASA was set up in the '60s to be about putting a man, in the and they'd set up their culture in such a way where if you asked literally anybody at NASA, like down to the janitors who are cleaning the floor, like what is your what is your what are you doing here? They would respond, "I am working to put a man on the moon," and they were able to connect their story up to that goal. Um, like I think that that part is important. I think that the the, the learning for me is that um, the result might not be to achieve that goal, but that doesn't mean that the original goal was like false, right? Like sometimes sometimes a goal is a means to a better goal, and you just don't have the insight to figure out that you're going in the wrong direction. 